Uh, fuck. Carl, I told you on the phone during some of our late night conversations when I was completely sober and you were completely drunk. You were without question the most naturally gifted and talented broadcaster I'd ever worked with. Now, that's not saying you were the best because I've worked with quite a few who are among the best. But, you weren't even pursuing that career. Just like you weren't pursuing the career of a stand-up comedian. But you could have done that as well. In fact, and this is definitely a fact, you are funnier than pretty much any stand-up comedian I met off of a stage. I mean, stand-up comedians are not that funny. They're kind of fucking depressing like clowns without makeup. I mean, when they get a set on and they get their show together and they're ready to do their act, sure, they're funny. Maybe when they turn their little switch on when they're doing an interview, they got a couple of lines they can drop it. But you were in the moment funny all the time. Like you were on all the time, bro. And that's just one aspect of you. I mean, we all know about the culinary aspect. I respect you highly for that. We all know about your friendship and your warmth aspect. How you cared about your friends, people who loved you, people you loved. And I know how you cared about Greg. I know you wanted to put him through a wall a few times, but we usually do want to hurt the ones we love. And here's something I'll never forget. The day that you said to me, you come to La Cubana, you don't pay a dime. Now, I'm not expecting La Cubana to to honor that spoken voucher, but it was a really sweet sentiment. And that's pretty much you in a nutshell. I can go on, but I'm not going to take any more time from this podcast I want to say I love you it was an honor working with over a hundred hours worth of your voice between you and Greg on this podcast for over a hundred episodes a true honor frankly I believe if you want to hear who you really are I mean as close as you can get without being off record it would be social media and this podcast I mean because let's face it the Food Network They cut you up and they snip you up. Yes, you get some essence of you. And I know it made you famous and gave you a great platform and jumping off point. But honestly, this really captured you as a person. It gave you way more than a two-dimensional Carl Ruiz. So with that, I'm going to say I'll never forget you. I'll think about you often, smile, laugh to myself. I want to give your mother a giant electronic hug let's call it that this goes out to your mother I'm so sorry Mrs. Ruiz that your son was taken too soon Carl love you miss you baby ooh oh come on man <laughs> do like uh, rusing or something man. what's rusing it's ruizing oh Oh, now you're finally going to tell me how, how, how to pronounce your last name. because well, bruising sounds fucking dirty. <laughs> God, it does. He's always there to make you laugh. Or take a food porn photograph. Just reading his shirts and hats will make life better. I'm like exotic. I'm like a fat <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> He's a chef who plays to win. In fact, the knife was named. Just watch him as he works. He's a real go getter. Hit it, Joey. You could tell by his Instagram.
Crossing the street to get to Get Parts, Beer Culture, on the Upper West Side, a place that's very special to me and Carl. Matt! What's going on, Opie? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm all right. I've been better, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Of course. Good to have you back. Yeah. I guess uh, we're going to do a little podcast to talk about Carl. I think today's the day for that. What's your thoughts on him? Well, that was a hell of a gut punch. You think? Jesus. <laughs> Uh, he will be missed. Right. Yeah, didn't see that coming. No. Hey, what's up, Ben? How are you, buddy? My neighbor. What's up, man? How are you, man? Good. Come on in for up, a beer, all right? Going to pick up Bonnie right now. Oh, right on, man. Life goes on, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah life goes on, all right? Have a, a tremendous uh, tragedy, and my friend's just going to get his daughter and has no idea what's going on there, Matt. I know you're a big Pearl Jam uh, fan. On the way over to Gebhardt's, I was singing uh, Just Breathe. Oh, yeah. A hell of a song. It's it's appropriate, too, right? I think so. I think quite. All right, Matt. Thanks for having us. Uh, walking into Gebhardt's on the Upper West Side. Somebody missing him. There he is. What's up? Nick Solaris. Oh, Vic Henley. What's up, Nick? What's up, brother? Uh, seeing these guys for the first time. Great. Little Foot. Hey. What's up, buddy? And Vic, absolutely. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. You know, this is the first time seeing you. I don't even want to look at you. I'm gonna cry. I like it. It'll be okay. <laughs> oh my god. The crying has turned into laughing now for me. Right now. I was telling Nick earlier. Yeah. It went from lead. You know. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> fuck Paula Dean. What do you think of Paula Dean, Nick Solaris? Let it out. I'm I'm just shocked that we're friends with like some of the alleged funniest comics in the business, and fucking Paula Dean was the first one to bust out the uh, the roast joke for Carl. I mean, that's ridiculous, guys. Come on, like seriously. I'm not really even bothered by it. What did she say exactly? It was just it was something. Was, yeah, some hacky joke. But but the point is that Carl would have found it funny that somebody made a joke about his. It's like. Carl died, right? Yeah. He would have found this funny. Yeah. And the fact that that extended the whole thing by 24-hour news cycle, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah, it keeps his name in the paper for a while, right? Before Carl's name starts fading away. Listen, the kid made it. It's never going to fade away because no, reason will resound, right? Um, I hope I hope so. But, well, people, people say you, you die twice. And the second time is when your name is uttered for the last time. In Carl's case, that's going to be a long yeah, time. There's a, there's a, those are going to be long echoes, right? I, I, I kind of agree with you. The Paula Dean thing I wasn't bothered by. Uh, fans of Carl certainly wanted, wanted her neck. Uh, but with that said, I, 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 I fucking hate her. I, I, listen, Vic Henley's delighted because now he can, make, he can roll out his, his Paula Dean routine again, right? It's, <laughs> that's his comedy gold right there, you know? Um, he writes in squirrel blood because he's from the South. Before things get too crazy, Nick, uh, thoughts on Carl, man. Oh, For real. It's, what, what can you say about the guy? I have never met somebody that was funnier than Carl Ruiz. That guy made me laugh. 
He made everyone laugh, and that was his gift. He could break anyone. If he was an illegal immigrant, he could get the ICE agent to laugh. You know what I mean? Like, he was seriously the funniest guy and also the biggest heart and as look that's what happened his heart was too big ultimately right his heart was too big for the world and when you know we we'll, we'll get into the whole thing about the marriage and all of that stuff when we but you know he he, he, took a, he took a few hits it's not a cliche to say that he died from a broken heart yeah right yeah absolutely um, really the loveliest funniest guy some incredible talent should have been a broadcaster. Yeah. It was just a natural, like, should have been just been doing broadcasting. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and speaking to his funny, you know, I was lucky enough to, to, you know, to work with so many of the funniest people in the world. And pound for pound, Carl could beat, I would, I, I, pretty, I'll say this, pretty much all of them. Pretty much all of them. Because uh, a lot of people have a really funny act on a stage, but when they're just hanging out and having drinks or, or eating food, no one compared to Carl. He no, was, was he was naturally quick. the funniest yeah, yeah. fucking guy I've ever met in my life. That's the thing. It was his quick wit that, that was unparalleled. Yeah. Like, he naturally funny, naturally quick. Could he have crafted a comedy set? He probably wouldn't have had the discipline because he could be getting drunk in the... Fa- you know, he would. He was like a Belushi-like character in many ways. Well, my, you know? my buddy Brother Weeze in Rochester, and, uh, you know, Carl loved hanging in Rochester and hanging on Brother Weeze's show. We went up there a few times over the years. We said... Dude, you should be a stand-up. He goes, just get a fucking notepad and write some of this funny shit down, and, and in, a, in no time you'll have an hour. I don't think I think he'd be the kind of guy that would never write anything down. Could just get up there and tell stories, right? Right, and because his stories are so funny, and because he'd come up with stuff on the on the cuff. I'll tell you, I've been watching a lot of like I watch your Rochester trip with him. I've been watching like his food reviews. If you haven't seen his reviews on YouTube of fast food joints like McDonald's and Subway, they're fucking priceless. Yeah. He's the king of the one-worders. You know, Henny Youngman was the king of the one-liners. Yeah. This guy on Twitter would be like one-word retorts that would just like decimate. People would delete their accounts off it. You yeah, know, he was like absolute genius. And the other thing, he always downplayed how talent, talented he was uh, as far as being a chef. Could you talk about that for a minute or two? This guy was... You don't think he was talented? <laughs> before before we get into some... tell you he should have been broadcasting? Oh, my God. Are you really saying that? I'm joking. No, Tal was a very talented... Listen, <laughs> he, was, he was a very good chef. He was classically trained and worked in all the kitchens. Like, you know, What a real chef is, it isn't the guy that makes a pretty floral arrangement that wows. It's the guy that knows about food costs and... Yeah hires a kitchen and can do all and you know a great restaurant runs without the chef being there and that's kind of the test of La Cubana now like everyone who's down there Chef Mario now and the crew that he hired like that's his legacy his lifeblood and it should look if he did his job right it's going to continue going right so go down to La Cubana show some support you can literally taste that guy's Heart and soul. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know uh, if I could go down there anytime soon. I feel way more comfortable here at uh, Gephardt's. Well, because this was our hang. We, we were hanging here before we started the podcast. We did many episodes from here. Uh, we used to just hang and do Facebook Live from here. And then every once in a while, he would be in the area, call me up, and we would just hang here and have a few beers without recording anything. Yeah, but the empanadas suck. You not, <laughs> you not recording something? I don't believe that. What, you ran out of batteries? <laughs> Oh, there were times. There was a, once, once the batteries ran out and Vic didn't record it, he didn't record a conversation. Oh, I mean, yes, absolutely. He thinks that you should uh, t- 
to go with your high tech equipment that we have here. It's a fucking million dollars worth of stuff. You need one little red light so that way when we're talking to you, you know that you're actually recording. <laughs> then when the light goes off, then we actually know you're being you and not fucking recording. <laughs> well, I gotta put some of this down on tape, right? Oh, no. oh this especially. Yeah. We had to do this. Yeah. This is super important. Well, it's, I think. it's cathartic, right? It's, That's it, you know, and like, I'm not a funeral guy. I don't, you know. The, the thought of seeing Carl laid out or whatever, the Carl's corpse, because that's not fucking Carl, you know. Carl was Carl was alive, and this, yeah. you know, like that. So I don't do the funeral thing. I don't, you know. It's just weird. A guy that was just so full of life, so full of energy, had the biggest heart, a gentle soul. Where the fuck does all that go, man? He just dies instantly, and that's it. It goes. It, go, it, it goes into the universe. It goes all around us. Nah, fuck it. It goes all. It goes all around us. You know, it's and we we pick up all of that, all of his energy. It disperses to all of us. The fact that we're gonna be here for the okay, next genius, five hours. Tell me about, <laughs> all right, genius. Tell me about the uh, the shorthand on the submarine in 1967. You don't fucking know, do you? Because only Carl knew that shit. Carl had a matrix of knowledge that is that no one will ever have. We're talking about Philadelphia. I'm talking about. Are we talking about Philadelphia and the shit disappearing? I'm talking about the stuff in his head. You, Vic, do you know? You want to fill me in? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's one of those. It's the battle. The, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Aircraft carrier fucking vanished. Supposedly in Philly. Supposedly, yeah. right in Philadelphia. There's a movie about it called The Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah. It's whole time travel genre wormhole ship shifting. Are you saying Carl's coming back? Yes. With a Philly in twenty steak? minutes. <laughs> the Philadelphia cheesesteak experiment. With a, with a Jack pit beef. <laughs> It's, it's the Chaps Pit Beef experiment. A lot of people said. A lot of people said early on the podcast. No, early on the radio show version before we met you, Nick Solaris, that uh, Carl would talk about how easy it is to disappear. And a lot of fans are like, that's what he did. He told you from day one he was going to disappear and how easy it was. I am totally convinced that in 10 years or something, one of us will be like in some remote part of the, of the United States at a store. And you just there's a guy that kind of looks like Carl. He's going to look over the shelves. He's going to look at you. He's going to wink. And that's it. You're just going to nod your head. And you're like, all right, he did it. He just right. he escaped. And moved on to something else. Yeah. God damn it, he's in Butte. Who <laughs> <laughs> thought he's in Butte, fucking Montana? But goddamn, there he is, right there with Andy seven, Kaufman seven, and Elvis yeah, Presley. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hell of a threesome, by the way. Really Sell- looks <laughs> Selling Sioux Indian trinkets. <laughs> hey, uh, Littlefoot. Of course, we haven't had you on the podcast in a while, and uh, you were part of well over a hundred episodes. So, what thoughts on Carl, man? You know, I. I Carl's the kind of guy that just collected people, right? You know, he, he, he collected me as in, in part of that. And um, a lot of stories I don't think I can actually tell because I've sworn to secrecy. But um, he was a good friend. And he was somebody that he'd call you at 10 o'clock at night and just say, I mean, run something by it. Um, and whether you were in the public inner circle around him or not, when you were with him, you were in that inner circle. And it's a, you know, it's a great loss, but... but we were, I don't know. I feel like he's still around. You know, we have all these incredible memories and all the lessons and you know shit that he taught us. Yeah, and, and uh, you gave me and Carl the biggest laugh. I, I, I mean, he, he's not here to say, but I'll say the biggest laugh of my life when you were telling that whole story about your 
ex making out on the security camera, and I asked if you got hard. And Carl started laughing, and because he started laughing so hard, then I went off. And it's 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 pretty much the biggest laugh I've ever had in my life. He would still text me and ask me questions about that. Yeah, yeah. You see your ex-wife lately? <laughs> Uh, I knew my ex-wife was talking to this guy. Did she know him? I always like to know oh, the yeah. forensics. Oh, wait, absolutely. We, we'd, we'd been to their wedding. We'd been to his wedding. Oof. And uh, Was he friends with you too? He tried to be. And uh, he came over to my ex-mother-in-law's, came up to Massachusetts, uh, brought presents for everybody. More of the red flags are starting to you know, come out. And I'm really trying to make this work. And we'd sort of gotten through a rough patch. And it's just, you know, she was in a total other place. And uh, we come back to New York. Uh, he, then this guy moves down. He leaves his wife and he moves down for a job. Uh, I'm sorry, not for a job. He wants to go to culinary school. He's in his 30s and he wants to go to culinary school. And what did you teach us? Bad idea. Yeah. I'm just getting more. No, we're just friends. Everything's fine. I'm like, no, nobody spends this much time um, and talking about the stuff you guys are talking about in front of me. She was out working one night and I got home out of a, off a gig early place where we lived the television you know somebody rings a bell downstairs you know to get in the building and you could turn this channel on the tv and you'd be able to see who was at the door i sometimes for fun would just kind of go up and down the the dials just to see who was walking by the tv and i or the door and i I, i'm doing that and i catch her and this guy right on the thing so i hit the you know in the days of vcr i hit the vcr i hit record on whatever the tape was in there and i have you don't hear anything, but I have her laughing, you know, has a bigger smile than she had for a long time. And, and then the two of them just start making out right in front of my wow. fucking door. Oh. So, uh, how hard did you get? Oh, uh, I was. <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> you dead, man. You dead. Go check him. He's dead. <laughs> I don't even want to look at Rob right now. <laughs> You're dead. My man is dead. Has arrived. Yes, sure, right. what's up, bro? He smells good. God, you do smell good. Come back and see you. First time I'm seeing Sherrod too, ah, man. This is a tough one, huh? Uh, what happened? Sherrod's been asleep since Thursday. Who's all these white people? Greg, Greg uses son failed a math test. <laughs> bad, bad dudes. Tell us the next donation kit. <laughs> Do, do some? <laughs> Did I shame Gillis myself? Not this one. Who? You say don't copy off the Cuban? That's right. What's your thoughts, brother? I mean, it's sad, you know. I did win the de- the Deadpool, so <laughs> y'all owe me fifty dollars each. <laughs> fifty each, niggas. You know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you really, okay, you want to hear the cruelest thing so far to me that's also really hilarious. Um, Carl locked me in my apartment, okay, so I have a deck. Right. And, uh, and the key only locks from the inside. 
And so I was out of town and he's lost the key. So I haven't been able to go out on my deck for two months. I'm locked inside my apartment for real. And so I told my mom this, just Vince, because she knew we were staying there and she thought it was really sweet that I was helping a friend and all this stuff. And so that when this, all this happened, I called her Saturday and I'm like, hey, man, you know, um, my friend died. My buddy's, you're all the one that was staying there. And I'm like, yes. She was, oh, my God. Well, I guess you ain't getting that lock money back. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna fix it and pay for it. And I told her that. It's the first goddamn thing my mother said was, Well, I guess you ain't getting that lock money back. Then she made a joke about the restaurant industry killing people. <laughs> hey, Paula Dean! Hey! Paula Dean did. Stunt Brain. Stunt Brain came up from Delaware. What the fuck? Happy to see you, but not happy to be here. You know what I'm saying? God bless you. What's up, buddy? What, what's, what's your... Uh, come here, come here. We're talking, obviously, about Carl. What's your thoughts? Get it, get, get it on the record. I'm still stunned, but, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. Did he ever lie to any of us? Uh, I would <laughs> I would say 100% yes. He was telling some of these women that he that my apartment was his. When he was staying with me, I'm like, how are you explaining to them that you're on the pull-out couch if this is your apartment? Because I said, Vic's very old. That's what he said. Vic's got a bad back. He told women, but he, he never told me a lie. How many of those women did he say were, was the one? Right. So, no. <laughs> oh, it's the one tonight. Right. No. Let me explain hour. that. Let me explain that. Uh, Carl would never say you're the one, but he had a way of making them all think they were the one. Yeah. He, he was very honest that he had been divorced for a year and a half, and he was just being single. But every single one of them thought they were the one. Yeah. And he was just saying that. Absolutely. Three of them have accosted me on the street in the past week. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Three different times. He, t- he took out the Upper East Side. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking napalm. <laughs> a lot of girls up there, though. <laughs> a lot of girls up there. Lord of mercy. What else don't praying? Oh, man, I, it's just such a shock still, you know. I, I walked down through La Cubana just about an hour ago just to walk through the place and catch the vibe, and his vibe is still in there. You know, you walk around, it's silent. And I, I looked at his, uh, his boom box is up on the shelf, and they're doing prep work, and it's just eerily silent. And the flame is out in the grill, and you just get a chill walking through there. Oh, the energy's gone in that kitchen. I'm sure they'll do fine, and the food will still come out and be nice, but... They lost a soul. That's right. They in lost. that kitchen. The spirit is gone. And Carmen had tears in her eyes when I saw her when I walked in. She's like, oh, no, Poppy. And you're like, oh, my God. Don't get me started. I just dried up a little bit. <laughs> just so sad. He fell asleep in that place a lot. Is it called sleep? Was it sleep? <laughs> a lot. He called me on the golf course one morning. He said, I just woke up behind the bar. Oh, I got that call, too. <laughs> And then he told you what happened the night before. Oh yeah, he, he always liked uh, talking about the night before. Uh, yeah, we had a lot, like last Wednesday or Thursday, we fucking wilded it out in there to eight in the morning. Me, him, Artie, Artie Fuqua, and some girl. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love the common denominator through all these stories. Lucky woman. <laughs> when I left, I left at like seven, eight in the morning. He was still there, dancing. 
<laughs> That's how I remember the nigga. <laughs> you just remember him dancing. dancing. Absolutely. And me being tuckered out, and he's still last, dancing. Last time I saw Carl, I was handing him a trophy at a barbecue competition where he won, like, best in show. Was that like, in Brooklyn? Yeah. yeah. At Pig Beach? It was uh, Pig Island. Oh, Pig Island, uh, yeah, right. Out, like, right. out by, uh, in Red Hook. So everyone was trying to, you know, this, he was the, the most highly trained chef at the whole event, yeah. right? All these other guys are like trying to do like, you know, gussied up stuff. He's got a whole hog laid out. He's reaching in, pulling out muscles and just handing it to people. <laughs> that got him best presentation. <laughs> so literally the last time I saw him was like three weeks ago. I handed him the trophy, gave him a hug, got on an airplane, was gone for three weeks. He died on my birthday to fucking make this. Oh, way to go, Carl. Way to go. <laughs> oh, at least you don't blame me. <laughs> so I texted him the night before, invited him to my birthday dinner, and never responded. And I have actually a picture of the empty seat where he should have fucking been. It was it's, it's terrible. Last time I saw him was right here at Get Parts. Right at this fucking table. We did that oh, last We did that last uh, episode together, and then I walked him to the subway. Well, you, you probably walked into Gray's Papaya and then the subway. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it's great. So we finished the, the podcast, but then I had to get him to the subway. So we, I just kept the thing on. But pretty much the last conversation I had with Carl was how great the hot dogs are at Get Parts. He goes, they do a pretty good job at the hot dogs. And then I said, uh, you know, he said, he said, I love you. I said, I love you. And then I hugged him and turned away as he went in, you know, down into the subway. You just never fucking know when, when it's over, man, like that. Yeah, you just, I mean, Ruizing was relentless, full bore, 24-7, 365 for however long it was going to go. But, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be... It's not like, you know, these people that, like, eat granola and crunchy food every day. Right. They're going to live to 150. Yeah. But that was pretty sudden. Well, the funny thing is... Pretty, you know, especially because, like, like Cubano was just taking off. It was like, yeah. it was just all coming back together. Yes. Like, Carl was getting... He was getting his shit together, yeah. right? And then to be, like, just, you know... It's a, it's a kick in the fucking gut, Nick, is what it is. I, I used to joke with him that, Carl, you're going to die over a hashtag. And he would be like, yeah, I am. <laughs> He would go with it. He's literally a living hashtag. (laughs) Well, the funny thing, the the one time he didn't Ruiz, which was the last night of his life, killed him. (laughs) 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 He did that shot. He didn't do it. The only time he didn't do it. He was hanging out with friends. He was a low key night. Went to bed at eleven thirty. No, wasn't? He, he was like he went to the aquarium. Yeah. yeah. Then he went back to Gloria's house, yeah. right? And was like, cra- he had crab cakes and a pit beef sandwich, and then yeah. went back into the guest room. And you know, it was probably like Laura Ashley wallpaper. <laughs> she probably had like fifty throw pillows on the bed. He was probably like throwing them all off. Right? He gets into the most boring bed on earth. That's what fucking killed him. It was the mundanity of the whole thing, right? And, and if he knew, he probably would be laying there going, really, this is how I'm going to go out? Really? In this fucking room? It's her daughter's. It's her older daughter who has now moved out. But it's her, it's her daughter's former room. No, it's not. <laughs> you were close. No, I mean in terms of the decoration and the wallpaper. Is what I was the Motel 6 was inspired by the Laura Ashley Prince of the... Uh, but yeah, just, you know... And for him to be like... Literally the most boring night of his life. Yeah. Like, That's just insane. She said he didn't even have a drink. I know. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for the first. Well, I was going to say for the first time, but she did say that for the first time he didn't finish his shot yeah. the night before. She said she'd never seen that ever. Yeah. That he's never. He'll, he'll. He doesn't chug the beer and kill it like Animal House, but he would always do the shot and then nurse the beer for the next half hour or so. Right. And she's that's the only time she's ever seen him not finish. He kind of sipped it and put half of it back down. Unbelievable. 
Well, when was the last time you saw him, Vic? I, I, I know, but I mean for the podcast. <laughs> you guys went out. Yeah, we went downtown. It was the weirdest thing in the world because we would go to the bar. For Everybody here knows. You randomly get the, I'm coming over. <laughs> so here comes the freight train, whether you want it or not. Yeah. We're about to go grizzly bear wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> So it was. So we were. He. It was really early. I'm like, aren't you working? You know. And he's like, I'm mad. You know. So we we go to two blocks down from where I live. And this kid's always trying to get us to go downtown to see jazz. He plays jazz in some club in the East Village. But he's always asking us like three in the morning. And, and me and Carl are always like, fuck you. We're not going anywhere at three in the morning with you. So this night was like ten, ten thirty, third last Thursday. And uh, so we went with him. And it was the weirdest hodgepodge of. Literally, it's an eight-piece band. They got a piano, trombone, horns. Four of them are 75 to 85 years old, and the other four are 25 to 35 years old. It, like it was like Vic and Call. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. But no, we sat there. The guy was so happy because he'd been Where begging us this? to go for a year. I, I, I wish I could think of the name of it. I got so fucked up. <laughs> It's in the East Village somewhere. I mean, it's not like, you know, it isn't Blue Note or one of the famous right, right, ones. Right. It's some little... Carl used to love to go to B-flat, but it wasn't that. Okay. And I didn't mean to rhyme that. And so... Uh, <laughs> it was cute. We, so, yeah, we, but we sat there. There was... He... Somebody was trying to pick him up, and I there was one chair by itself. So I went over there and sat down and just sat there and watched this crazy-ass geriatric millennial jazz band <laughs> play together. <laughs> and it was good. They're playing Count Basie and Duke Ellington, and, and they're fucking killing it. And me and him were giggling. We'd walk outside, smoke a cigarette, he'd talk. I'd sit there and bullshit with him. And then he got on the cab uh, back to Queens, and I got, he said, I'm going to Gloria's tomorrow. I'll, I'll call you. I'm coming back Saturday. I'm working. I'm like, well, I'm watching Auburn A&M if you're around in the That's afternoon. And so uh, that was it. He got in the cab to Queens, and I got in the cab uptown. That was it. Probably fucking, I don't know. Wasn't late. 2.30 in the morning, maybe. Wasn't that bad? Because we started early yeah. for a change. <laughs> yeah. Just terrible. It's fucking awful, man. We got a lot of fans here. Holy fuck. It was like one yeah. tweet, man. Judd, Judd. Come here, Judd. Tell me, this is my neighbor. Oh, I, I know Judd. <laughs> We busted your balls bad. That was a time I didn't record. Yes. And that would have been amazing. That Probably was th- when I was ignoring you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yes. But Judd had the misfortune of calling me right after I talked to you. And uh, then I'm in the middle of putting together the list. Because I told Gloria I would help her call people okay. and make the saddest speech you ever got to give. But he's from Texas A&M, and I'm Auburn, and the game was starting. And he lives next door. So See, he- I'm, like, I'm like, hey, man, uh, you watching the game next door? What are you doing? Like, we'll go watch the teams play. And he called me. I was like, all right. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, hey, uh, Carl died. I was like, fuck! <laughs> like, Jesus, we just wanted to watch the game. And so, you know, this is how I find out about the whole thing. So I'm like, I'll come by during halftime. Like, I don't, like, what is, you know, I don't know. Man, it was all just. I kept saying it was, it was like just, a fucking pep. Carl died! Carl died! Carl died! No, no ball game. Bye! Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> when, when I called you, I, when I called you, Vic, I went, I went hack. I so fucking mad. I went hack with you. I go, uh, are you sitting you down? Did. And I went, I, t- <laughs> and after I hung up with you, I'm like, um, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, you probably have it recorded, don't you? <laughs> wow. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if uh, Gloria has any footage that I could post. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I went with the. Well, when you called me, maybe she has a you know, 
I, f- I figured it was the, uh, like, hey, I got something to tell you. And I figured, well, this is the, all right, we're rolling somewhere. This is the call at, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. That I'm not going to see daylight again until Monday. <laughs> and you, you t- gave me the news. And I'd never heard your voice that shaken before. And I'm pushing the phone in my ear because I'm thinking, he calls behind him and they're fucking with me. <laughs> and I said sure that. like doing that. I said that. I said, you're fucking with me. And you're like, you know, no. But I, I literally have expected that, you know, he was going to pull the phone out of your hand and be like, fuck you. We're downstairs. You're coming out now. We were having an, an amazing day and, and my phone was charging and it rang. And I looked and I saw Gloria. And I went, fuck. I knew before I picked that damn thing up. And then, I, then, and then I broke down right in front of my kids. And this tells you a lot about Carl. Like, uh, my kids loved him. Uh, ran into him a bunch over the, over the years. And, uh, oh, boy. This one. Anyway, um, we would watch grocery games, you know, because the kids would get into it. Like, oh, yeah, that's your friend Carl and all that. You know, they don't really know much about this horse shit. Uh, but then when... They saw me breaking down because I've got the news, and they're like, "Oh no, Carl!" And they start crying, and then oh. they then they grab me and hug me. That probably oh. was the worst out of all of this. Well, they recognized, you know, the collective feeling the pain and making you feel better. And right. like you said, I mean, they were big fans. Oh, but they, the point yeah. I want to make, sorry, I got, I, I got off track. But we would uh, watch grocery games, and I'm like, "Hey, you want to talk to Carl?" And I would call him and put the kids on the phone. And just like everyone in this fucking room, whether you knew him personally or listened on the podcast, he gave his undivided attention yeah. to my kids. And, and yeah. on, to the point where he was like, okay, they're good, you know, and, they're, and then he would maybe move on. But, uh, but he would wait until, you know, uh, he made, a, made another moment, you know. But, it, sorry, it was, it was that connection. That, like, when he spoke to anyone, it didn't matter if it was a fan in the street, you felt like the most important person. Right. Yeah. right? It was a complete, fo- like... Everything and of course his personality was so dazzling that it was just to have that person like garnish that kind of attention on you was like flattering and yeah. he, there wasn't like I said like on like you know we'd be hanging out he'd go out for a drink go out for a cigarette and be like twenty minutes I go out there and he's like arguing with people on Twitter there literally <laughs> literally was nobody like he would punch down as far as he could get like there wasn't somebody with a somebody with like zero followers he would be like just hammering them right I was like you gotta pick your battles mate like you don't attack somebody with less followers than you and I, I can't tell you how many of those people that were blacked by Carl were like could you put in the good word for me because <laughs> they weren't even mad they were like I want to be back in with this whole Ruizing because thing. that's the thing the Ruizing it was not like any other social media like we all have our social media feeds and you know we're, we're all jackals ours is curated his was just a feed of his life right. like it was like you know if he was feeling depressed he'd hold a, a fucking puppy yeah. and you know what I'm saying like it was he was very vulnerable on that thing and I think that ultimately it sort of look it was in a sense it was reinforcing right the behavior was validated by the reaction that he got, and that wasn't nece- ultimately the best thing for his health. Right. At the same time, the joy that he gave people and the idea about living life to its fullest—like that's the, the amount of people that he touched with that—is like it's pretty amazing, right. you know. And then uh, you know, there's uh, there's a bunch of fans here, and and I've been reading everything online. I can't, I, I don't know when he had time to do the podcast, to do uh, guys' grocery games, or cook at La Cabana because everyone has a story. Like, oh, he donated to my GoFundMe page without yeah, telling exactly. anybody. He uh, complimented me on my my cooking. Yeah. I I needed a friend to talk to, and he just gave me his fucking number, and I I called. 
him. Uh, he goes, hey, cuz, where are you? I'll meet you. He was doing this left and right without pretty much telling any of us. Yeah. He was a nonstop machine, man. He brought a lot of joy in our lives. Uh, who's going to get his, uh, that Gucci bag that he had? Anybody know about that Louis Vuitton? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was Louis. It, Louis was, it was Louis. It was Louis. It was definitely a Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah. Louis Vuitton bag. They ain't going to bury that with him, are they? <laughs> Never miss him, man. Love he car. would give you different watches to wear from yeah, time. I mean, really super money. crazy because he was into the watch thing, and he's got a crazy good collection. It's not just the collection. It's the the, the amount of knowledge that that guy yeah. has. Oh, hell yeah. just talk, like, Absolutely. for hours and yes. hours about, like, you know, the different, you know, like the mechanisms, how how far back they date, the he complications. It, it was unbelievable. Like, like you yeah. said though about the kids, though, I put it I put it on my Instagram. I saw that yeah. everyone should go to Vic Henley on Instagram. That you That's asshole that brought day. that brought new tears to my eyes though. Well, it was a great day. Uh, Nikki was in town. Yeah, my girl, my girl was in town. She's got four kids. Right. And so um, he was working on the menu at the restaurant. And this That's right. This yeah, yeah, fucker yeah. was there. And so uh, I put all the pictures. We so we were down there just eating, and they're making food. And Nick's going make this kind of burger, and we're trying different things and they're eating and then he'd get mad and for some somewhere in the middle when he got mad about something um he's got that giant oven it's like 500 degrees <laughs> the big and there's somebody brought there was a bunch of day old bread there like rolls that people trying to get the bread contract at the restaurant okay. so he was aggravated with something so he threw all of his shit down and he looks at all the kids and goes let's throw rolls in the oven <laughs> <laughs> And he drew a line on the fucking floor, and we all had to stand behind it, and you had to try to ring it. <laughs> I forgot who hit the first one. It might have been Lola. And that, and that made him as happy as anything else he did. And then he gave Lola his apron. Yeah. So, so then he gave her the apron. Yeah, he especially yeah, yeah. loved kids. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the things about the marriage was, like, he, he loved the family idea and all of that. And, you know, Ruizing was kind of born out of... Survival. Well, mm-hmm. but also the, the, something to, to make up for the pain of the loss of that, yeah. you know. And also that restaurant, which was a labor of love. And what a fucking great restaurant that was, too. Like, you know, so, and it's just a shame. because yeah, like You're you talking about Marie's, right? Yeah, in Marie's, Chatham. Yeah, yeah in, no, no. in Chatham. He Sorry. lost that. He Currently lost, out of and lost his kids. Currently out of business. Closed. Shut down. Not open. Health department violation. <laughs> <laughs> they found two rats fucking in the ragu. <laughs> Angry hillbilly Yelp user reports restaurant closed. <laughs> Eat like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be okay with that. You wouldn't have a goddamn problem. What about the wardrobe? Yeah. Where did that go? Like, that is like, yeah. he must have had probably 500 t-shirts. He's got, oh, God, way more. And he stole the, the creepy cabin. He had nothing in there but just piles and piles of t-shirts and, and just a, easily two to 300 hats. No yeah. problem. He stole my t-shirt. Shirt, it's somewhere. Why does he need another shirt? He, like, he came by. He should be giving but, out. Before, but when before we met at the bar, he popped by apartment for a second, and we were he was, you know, smoking a cigarette. And we were talking, and then he saw my friends custom made me a t-shirt in the Auburn color, so it's navy blue, and then just in orange it says, "This is my tailgating t-shirt." Oh. Okay. And so my friends made it for me. Kathleen Madigan had it made for me on the road because they were to get this done place, and they thought of me, and they knew Auburn A and M was coming up. So as soon as he sees it laying there, bang, I want this! He fucking took off. He took off the shirt he had on and put on my fucking shirt. And I'm not going to get it back. He's getting buried in it. It's gone. I hope so. Well, I'll take that. Oh, he better not be buried in a fucking suit. Oh, they're going to do that to him. You know, they're going to do that to him. That's why I'm not going. 
yeah, yeah. Right, we're boycotting the wedding. I mean, the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. What? <laughs> same same <laughs> fucking thing. It's the same thing. The crocs are on. As long as they get spared in the Crocs, the and slides. at least that's part of that. There you go. The slides. The slides. Yeah. You're talking about you know how you would meet people and just become instant friends with them. So I reached out to some of the folks that couldn't make it out and that live on the West Coast, and uh, Tracy sent us a, a message. She said, uh, Tracy Perea, she's, yeah. yeah. To Carl, everyone was someone. He could come across somebody in an airport, buy him a shot, and they became instant friends for life. The amount of people that have reached out um, and, and shared stories, like there was a guy uh, and his wife uh, that Carl ran into in Jacksonville, Florida, and he had so inspired them from one conversation that his wife is now the sous chef at a, uh, at a local restaurant. Wow. <laughs> uh, there's a million of those type of stories. Uh, what made... This just a little bit easier was the fact that when something like this happens, it's gut-wrenching. Obviously, we've, we've all dealt with death. If you live long enough, unfortunately, you deal with this way too much. But you almost feel like you're alone when it first hits. And then you realize through, you know, obviously all of us. And, but more importantly, the, uh, the, the fans of the podcast and, and the Food Network and all that, you realize, wow, this guy was so fucking special and touched so many goddamn yeah. people. Well, and these people that... Yeah, and these people That's, that yeah. uh, never met him are feeling the exact, pretty much, very close to what we're all feeling. Yeah, I mean, he made what the New mean, York Times. Well, that, like to me, that the New York Times is the gold standard in terms of like reporting deaths, all of those things, obituaries, like every famous obituary. That's the time. They're a bunch of ghouls. They take pride in their obituaries. Yeah, but, the other <laughs> but you know, the other thing they love smelling death. <laughs> the old gray lady. The old gray lady. But the, on the other hand, the fact Ooh. that he made it says something a lot of like, listen, probably 50 chefs a, a fucking day die in New York because yeah. Paula Dean wasn't really joking. It is a fucking stressful, stressful industry, right? Those guys don't make the paper. You know, it wasn't like Carl had even been reviewed in the last decade. Yeah. Well, maybe the Guy Fieri review counts, but that wasn't a good one. <laughs> but what, what I loved about Carl, though, was he was the worst-dressed man on earth, but it was conscious. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like it, it was completely – everything he wore was manufactured yes. to just be the worst – possible combo. But it didn't feel like it, it, oh, he was great. yeah, it didn't feel like he was barely dressed. Anyone else wore that any of those outfits you you would be laughed at. You'd be like, were, where's the short bus? Right, kids. but with him it was just it was the ultimate like uh dare I say hipster or cool. You know well, what the, I mean? But the, it, it's like with cooking. Carl knew the rules. So therefore he he could go and talk about McDonald's and Burger King and you know in the same way like he knew what a real watch and what real dress should be like yeah. but he was consciously you know he was consciously sort of punk rock about yeah. that right he was subversive about clothing and about luxury and that was the other thing he democratized food he made yeah. food there you go. something yeah. that nice. was that anyone could relate to yeah. not just a food writer or a chef you know somebody that you know is or a yeah. gourmand it was like food is for everyone everyone fucking eats that's how we're alive guys yeah. you know the, um, the sticking with the crazy clothes we were at the meeting when they were uh, telling him about the money they were, i'm literally at the pitch meeting when the whole group was and the freddie you know the main guy that was running this thing uh, putting the restaurant together and um so we're kind of on a bank hit you know and there's like about eight or nine people kind of going around the corner and um, and I'm sitting next to Freddie, and Carl's across from me, and Freddie's kind of teasing him about this, and I can't sure this is the first time I met Freddie. He's an old Italian guy, yeah. and I can't tell if it's getting to like the Joe Pesci point in Goodfellas, like you, make, you know. <laughs> I really don't know. It's getting because Freddie's busting his balls about you're too good. You don't need to do this. You don't need to wear a hat and a wacky shirt. You don't need to be a weirdo. Just and Carl's like. 
intactfully, classily as best he can. Fuck you. This is who I am. I'm fuck you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck you. So this is why I think it's escalating into the Pesci world. And um, and Freddie goes, just take the fucking hat off and talk to me man to man here for a couple seconds. Carl's like, okay, no problem. So he takes the hat off, lays it down. They talk about two or three minutes maximum. Carl looks across me. I'm sitting next to Freddie. I didn't even know it was there. There's a there's a bag behind me on the top of the bank. And he goes, Henley, hand me that bag. I reach over, I hand him the bag. He pulls out another hat, puts it right back on. <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> and then Freddie died laughing. And it turned into the it turned into there wasn't the awkward moment where Joe Pesci is gonna kill everybody. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. No, so damn funny. Right, right. Henley, hand me that bag. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, man, one thing as I I knew Carl for wait maybe like a year and a half, maybe. I met him through Vic and that's how I met you guys too. Well, I saw you at the clubs. But I Our you know, other friend that, died. Well, William uh, Stevenson, Stevenson died. died and that's when I met you. Yeah. I, I, and I heard about that, and so I texted Vic because I know they were good friends. I said, hey, man, what are you doing today? And then he texted me back, and he said, Carl's coming over with cold cuts. <laughs> I was like, all right, so come on over. It was a good time right there. It was just the four or five of us. Oh, it, was just, right. it, was, it was literally like four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then he yeah. stayed for he's, we, 16 hours he was there. I remember. Because <laughs> yeah. then it's just me and him at my kitchen table at 6.30 in the morning. Like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the difference. A lot of people, when something happens, they go, uh, "What? you know, I'm there. Whatever you need, give me a call. But the real people in this world just fucking show up. Yeah. And, he, and Carl showed up. He, he got the word that you were hurting. Yes. And I didn't even know at that point. He called me. I'm like, all right, obviously I'm in. And he calls Sherrod. Sherrod's like, I'm in. And next thing you know, he dragged us all to, you know, try to comfort you through your pain. Well, William, William Stevenson, we passed him. That's how we, you had to. If you want to work the cellar, you got to get two or three people that work there to vouch for you. So me and William vouched for him. And then when we heard it happen, Carl talked to me that morning. And he thought, and I wasn't in the mood, so I kind of low keyed it. And then we started researching it and finding out it was William and how important he was to me and Sherrod and everybody. He called me. He's like, "You stupid son of a bitch! I'm coming to your fucking house right now. I'm at the Polish meat store." <laughs> <laughs> Something I don't know, but the best fucking goddamn bologna I've ever had. And getting all those illegal cheeses, remember? I haven't been. Carl would get so mad. He's like, you've never had real cheese, you son of a bitch. Try this, because what, what, what's the law? You can, what, no, Nick knows. The, the real cheese isn't in America, right, Nick? No, well, they, well, and Carl would have talked about this, because we pasteurized the milk here. So that inherently changes the way that the, the product yeah. comes out, right? Because you've sort of... You've sterilized it, so you've you've kind of sapped the soul out of it. That said, Carl loved American cheese more than any other. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, another Carl lie. It was probably fourteen percent of his diet was American cheese, right? Between the, the filet fish, cheeseburgers, nachos, yeah. right, like queso, all of that stuff. Yeah. But that was the thing about Carl, like it was five star or dive bar, right? Yeah. Anything, but anything other than that was banal to him, sure. right? The middle, the middle ground was boring, right? right? Yeah. But it was those dive bars or that fancy champagne bar in the sky. Like, that's yeah. what he loved. Like, you know, the extremes. What I take uh, from, you know, hanging out with Carl when he started getting me into the food world a little bit, 
uh, I always thought you had to pay a lot of money to get a really good meal. And we would go to these towns oh, like yeah. like Philly is oh, in particular, and it would take us on these food tours. And we weren't going to any, you know, Steven Star restaurants or what have you. You know, it was down and dirty in the middle. That yeah. pizza place in the middle of the ghetto. The and burger, the burger bar. Same thing. It was like a $5 burger bar. And, and you'd walk in and, and, you know, stupid me because I'm still a newbie, but I was really bad back then. I'm like, how the fuck could this place possibly have good food? And, <laughs> and it blew away, like, the really good restaurants that I've been to over the years. You know, Joe's, uh, what is it, Joe's Jr. on the, yeah, on the east side. Oh, it's a man. little... It's a little quiet diner that most people don't know about. And, and One of the best hamburgers here. Well, I got to give Nick Solaris credit for that. And then, you know, me and Carl would go there from time to time. But you're talking one of the best hamburgers in New York, and there's nothing, there's nothing fancy about it. Well, that's the thing, and that's what Carl loved. He, he liked pure expressions of things, right? So he, could, he would go to Flushing and have 99-cent dumplings, and guess what? They're as good to him as the place when you go to the expensive place in Chinatown or the tourist trap in Midtown. Like To him, it wasn't about what you spend. It's what you get out of it. And he could get so much joy out of humble things. You know? And one of the things I loved about uh, spending time with Carl is that if you didn't know something, he didn't make you feel stupid. I mean, sure, we did the bits on the podcast, right? But, but he was very sincere about teaching you... You know what the what the difference of the food was, or why this was good, or why this watch was better than that watch, or why that train from 1900 was better than that train from. I mean, you know, he had this encyclopedic knowledge yes. of everything, but you felt not. Uh, uh, you didn't. He didn't he condescending. condescending. Yeah, yeah. yeah Remember when we when we did the Rochester <laughs> trip last December? We're up at. We're, I think we just walked into Brother Weeze's studio. And I think it was Brother Weeze, or, or maybe the other co-host, whose name I can't remember, was talking about, like, a Michelin five-star, and Carl's like, no, it's only three. <laughs> no, I swear, it's a Michelin five No, it's, it's only three. Yeah. And then it gets, all right, fine. And then he turned it into a bit for the next 30 minutes. So, you know, your Michelin five-star thing over there, and you still didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. He could take any situation and, you know, really just prepare something different about it. Fantastic. He liked it that I was always mean, but only about music. So it just the opposite of what you're saying. But if somebody, Wednesday night, I was with him Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three in a row. <laughs> and Wednesday night we were down at the restaurant, and the whole place is closed. It's like three in the morning, and we're all just taking turns yelling at the computer to play different songs. And, and, yeah, you did. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So some girls yells out. Uh, so he sent me this video after I, I woke up the next morning and he'd send me just this 10 second clip and it's me at the bar and some girl, you can hear some girl goes, who's saying should I say or should I go? And you can hear me going, I want to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I only said it to make him laugh. I, only, I totally only said it. <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy. I miss him. I'm going to miss the boy. We had too much fun. We all had a blast with him. My God. Uh, well, you know. Remember Nantucket? Yeah. Oh. We had a ball in Nantucket. <laughs> I thought one of you guys was going to come wearing the, the, the terry cloth sweater or robe or whatever it was. I was the only didn't get one. I was out. Well, they all working. Those girls, by the way. Those yeah, girls still caught. Like, two came to the comedy cellar. You hijacked a whole bachelorette Yeah, it was a bunch of yeah, Those girls hot as shit, too. Two came to the cellar. It was just a party every fucking time, wherever we went, man. He knew where to go and, and just how to get every, everybody together. But I was trying to find y'all on Nantucket, and I'm like, where are they? Because somehow there was like an hour and a half. Then we, I went and did a show. I think we were actually working. That's right. And it, it ain't that big. It's an island. 
And so, uh, <laughs> but then sooner than I go walking into this one bar on the corner, and it's you and you and him and 19 women. It's the whole full-on bachelorette party, and y'all are in the middle. But the girls have circled around them. And they're all wearing these hoodies. <laughs> and, they're, and all the girls are touching them because they're so soft. So every now and then one of the girls just walk up and go, oh, my God, it's so soft. <laughs> so it was like I walk in, I'm like literally watching y'all get petted like little puppies. They're all wrapped it around his waist. <laughs> <laughs> totally did. Totally. I remember Carl. You were scared to death. Well, we looked like fools, but Carl, you know, typical Carl. Carl looked like he does everything. Yeah, but, but Carl looked at me and go, and went, trust me, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, everyone knew that we were in that bar, so. No, but you were so sweet because you were like, I think some of these, he loves his wife. He's got kids. So he's not, you know, who he might have he been 30 years, 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. But, but it was just really funny because you came over and like, I think some of these girls are hitting on me. <laughs> I stood there for three minutes. I go, all these girls are hitting on all of y'all. <laughs> I, went so I go, where's my dad? Knuckles deep, baby. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> oh, that was a good time. Oh, good time, yeah. You never knew, man. You never knew. I mean, the littlest thing would be an, an adventure the, with him, right? found the car guy, and he rode you around Nantucket in two oh, or three yeah, different times. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Even that, oh, that's, that's a great example because, you know, he, he loved the over-the-top stuff, but yeah. just like we were done for the night, and all yeah. of a sudden this guy's like, I got a vintage car. You want to ride? Next thing you know, we're getting a tour of Nantucket, and it's another adventure with Carl. In like a 74 yeah. Bronco or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, then he took that one back and got a convertible and switched it over on you. I believe. Because y'all saw the, Carl saw the car out front. Y'all started talking in the street. Next thing you know, I had to go. Then y'all are riding around in the Bronco thing, yeah, the Bronco. vintage. And then he switched over to a convertible. And then that's when you got kidnapped. Then I had to go to work, and then fun ensued. <laughs> and in Nantucket, so Groundhog's, uh, Groundhog's Day, Bill Murray, right? Yeah. You know what? By the end of that movie, everyone's like, oh, hi. You know, they all know him. That was Carl in Nantucket after a day and a half. Everyone, wherever he went, they're waving to him, and he, and he was having adventures behind our backs because he never went to sleep. So he would find another bar, another place to go. Is Nantucket over already? It happened this year already, right? Yeah, we did it already in July. Because so I'm thinking, like, we could get the corpse and, like, do, like, a weekend of nah, 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 <laughs> What do you mean, push here? He has shades on him. <laughs> He's calm. He always had shades. He's probably got that knife on him as well. He does, I bet you he does have the Fetter knife. <laughs> Jeff Fetter, Jeff Fetter. So Jeff Fetter actually texted me this morning and he goes, I'm sitting in front of 30 Cubano, because, you know, Jeff yeah. Fetter made the knife right. that they designed together and they they sold a ton of them. They sold that, like, and he's he's in the middle of making, like, the next run and he's like, I can't stop That's thinking about it. That, that like, sucks, yeah. man. And he sold out the, uh, the first ones, right? Everything yeah, sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of yeah. Wow. Carl and Cars was like Carl and Watches and Carl yeah. and Food. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Fox, the Volkswagen Fox, <laughs> or the craziest, most exotic. Next weekend, we were supposed to drive a Lamborghini SUV worth a quarter million dollars. I talked to him on Wednesday last Crazy week and said, we're coming to town. It's the brand new one. Yeah. And uh, we we're going to ride with uh, Lauren Fix, the car coach. And then go have dinner at La Cubana, and he's like, I can't believe it. Let me go. He hated me around expensive cars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll honor his apps. And that damn Fox. Anyone else? Were you in that car when it went over like 60 miles an hour, the whole fucking thing would shake? <laughs> 
That was the scariest car I was ever in. And even that was like, all right, I'm all in. Let's do it. He had the, he had the pig on the front. Flying pig. It was so great. He stole it off the catering van at Marie's. That's the last. She got to keep the van because it went with the restaurant. But he went in there and went, okay, I'll just fucking take this. <laughs> Unscrewed it and stole it off. He would drive me home from the... And then put it on the Fox. <laughs> he would drive me home from the, the old radio show from time to time. And before I would get in the passenger seat, he would go, one minute. And then he would actually get a broom out to sweep everything off the passenger seat so I could sit. <laughs> there was a lot of fast food wrappers. I know, that's, I know it's hack, but it really was. In like a teenager's room. He's sweeping off drugs and fucking food <laughs> and semen. <laughs> no, no, he, would, he would tell me every now and then, rarely though, but during the being single time, he would run into these women. They didn't know who he was. He just ran into them at the local, and they just know he lives nearby. So then he'd get them in the fog, and here they're going home, and the shit's piled up. And I'd go, what are you telling? Because I've seen all the rappers like we're talking about. And I'm like, what are you telling me you do? Corporate law. <laughs> That explains why you got fucking six months worth of Burger King rappers come out of the fucking seat. Corporate law. Standard. So, so I tell everybody, corporate law. Standard, standard answer. That stops everyone in their tracks, right? So speaking of lawyers, how about he had that skiing jacket? You know how they had that lift ticket yeah. thing? He had his lawyer's business card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you'd, you'd be part, you get be part of an adventure, right? One would have started, and then you get roped in. And there was one night uh, last summer, I guess it was, when Sabian, Tim Sabian, uh, calls me up and he goes, "Carl just called me. We got to meet him and Sherrod and a bunch of other guys at some bar in the Upper East Side or West Side or wherever the fuck it was." So I come in from Jersey. My job is to make sure that Sabian gets put back in a car and that like not, you know, then. I rolled with you guys to a couple other places. Then I tapped out. Then it picked up again later at um, at Homestead, at, okay, you know, yeah. down at, down at Freddie's yeah, place. Yeah. And Britton was uh, Carl's friend from Arizona, yeah. so she said, picks up the story and says that basically. So it got a little heated that night um, uh, between Freddie and his wife. Oh, really? And um, so then we, Carl gives us the high sign. We all pile into an Uber. And that's the night that Carl lost his phone. And nobody could find him for three days because he lost his phone. So he and Britton left for Orlando the next morning, then drove from Orlando to Miami, the, down to Miami. And he just showed her all around Miami. And then the story picked back up again um, later. And she said her favorite memory, of course, is anytime Carl would uh, take you uh, you know, would just show you his favorite places, and you'd kind of go on this Carl reality tour. And about three days later, he was able to Gloria was able to FedEx him a new phone, and uh, he does a tweet that says, "You know, here I am down in Miami." And the first response was from Opie saying, "Well, that's where Carl's been for the last three days." <laughs> <laughs> I was about ready to get a search party. Out. Well, think about that. The, the break that he's had now from is the, the biggest break he's had from social media, barring that time, right? That yeah. was like three yeah. days. Right I mean, it looked like if you follow that timeline from Saturday, I think he was tweeting up pretty much to the end. Oh, God, yeah. And when you have a friend like Carl, you know, if he goes dark for a day or two on social, I'm not the only one thinking, oh, oh boy, he's here dead. we go, he's right? Dead. right. <laughs> when he's off for three hours, I was like, is he dead? <laughs> three hours. <laughs> Somebody call him, please. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Turn that until my sending date are off. I used to check Twitter and just make sure he's okay. Yeah. Just then he's still going. Yeah. Let, let me tell you and something. then you would breathe. You, <laughs> it'd be a tweet about a hot dog or something like. Oh. He's okay. Right. If you were supposed to meet Carl somewhere, like just tweet at him. Because, like, a text message, I'll get lost in all the other yeah. Twitter, you know, but, like, Twitter, top of the pile. <laughs> <That's> oh, <right>. yeah. <laughs> Britain told me that, um, and I think I started this earlier and didn't finish it, but she was telling me that uh, some dude was hitting on her here, you know, on Saturday or Sunday, and she wrote the guy back. She sent me the text where the guy was like, hey, uh, what are you doing later? And she's like, my friend passed away. I'm putting the other plans to go to Florida right now. And then the, the same fucking dude... Because he's probably hitting on a whole bunch of different women. Sends her the same text about an hour later. He says, hey, what are you doing later? Oh. <laughs> so she's like, hey, jackass. <laughs> Read what I just wrote you and fuck you, lose my number. <laughs> it's hard to text and jerk off at the same time. <laughs> well, that, that leads to one of my favorite things about Carl was, was the videos and the pictures I would get Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Oh, look at how... How many people got these videos oh, and yeah. pictures? I mean, who, who didn't get them as a question? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and like I said, you know, uh, my relationship with Carl was different at times because of the family dynamic and the kids and stuff. Sure. So we'd be, we would be sitting around having breakfast. My kids are on the iPads. And all of a sudden, I would announce to the room, oh, Carl texted everybody. And then, like, my wife, oh, you know, what is he saying? And I would go, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, my God! <laughs> and I would throw my phone. <laughs> What happened? Bang, 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 bang. They have find that about the shared iCloud account. It's popping up on every iPad. <laughs> and, and then he writes an hour later, please delete all those yeah, pictures. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I was threatening with that sometimes. Oh, many a times I was like, how do I get rid of this immediately? Yeah. <laughs> That fucking maniac. I still have those pictures on my phone. <laughs> now that I think about it, yes. <laughs> He's a maniac. He came in early one night from the restaurant, and they'd only been on about two weeks. And he was there. He was on. A, and so, but we're up at my house having a glass of wine in my apartment sitting there, and all of a sudden his phone goes off and it says, I think Sherrod's in the basement making out with someone. <laughs> Oh, at Wait the a minute! Yeah, at the restaurant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which smells like shit—a sewage pipe. But the reason that, 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 <laughs> it's asbestos in a, it's asbestos in a. Yeah, that, was the, that was the club that was supposed to open. They had a pipe burst, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it literally smelled like diarrhea down there, oh, and, oh, and that didn't bother you. Smashing, smashing, I'm smashing. Some of the staff, nigga, you know how I live. You would not believe what this negro is doing right now. It was shut down by the EPA. The EPA. The EPA came in and were like, this is a toxic dump. You got it. Oh, no, it's his makeout no, place. No, no, no. Makeout? It's his anal room. It's over the heights. It's over the heights. And in that bathroom, too. It's great to fucking have. Wow. Great place to fuck. Shut down by the EPA. <laughs> by the E fucking PA. Stop bragging. It was fun. When do you get Carl to say, you're a fucking savage? <laughs> you know that's you're a savage. That's actually what he I did. savaged it out. That's what he did say. Because look what this savage is doing. He actually did say. I tried to use the N-word to make it He's edgy. Like, you know we all can see you down there fucking. I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Oh, yeah, because all the security guards. I know. Ah. Have you, have you that's what he told me. Because they know they can see him. I think his camera ready. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, good time. <laughs> <laughs>
We're at uh, Gephardt's, and I know, you know, we all know Dick Cox. That's his oh, real name. So now, he right. called Matt, and, and uh, he's he got shots. Water, he he got shots and beers for us because right, yeah. he couldn't make it here today. Well, let's go have one. Opie Radio. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least... Check this out. $100,000! And it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Listen, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It's as simple as that. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, check this out. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Here's your call to action. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonuses. Double your first deposit. Use promo code OPOPIE to activate the offer. Promo code OPOPIE. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code OPOPIE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. OP Radio. Well, it'll be 73 next week. Look at you. Next week, go and get a fucking cake, Carl. Fuck. All right, I'll be back. Yeah, you don't need it. It's your Go, birthday next week. It's birthday. It's really two weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I just realized. Is it, it. really? Yeah, well, well, maybe th- it's February 13th. Jerry, your, your birthday's a month away. I know. We're I not even real- close to I just, I just realized that. <laughs> you basically said your birthday's next week, so Carl ran out but to I'm get a birthday that- cake, and now we're learning that it's well over a month away. I love Jerry Springer. My mom loves Jerry Springer. We got something to tell you, Carl. Okay, his birthday's not until February 13th. Sit out, Carl. I Sit out. Fucking Sit out. <laughs> Sit out. <laughs> You're angry. No, you told to be bullshitting me. I ran away. I know. That's how you got that plane no. money, by being a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs>